1: A lot of good ones coming in on the text slide of who your Kevin Durant is, where you get really, really excited about him, and then he Left lays you. a turd. Left you hanging. Yeah. Any Royals free agent from 96 to 2010, just take your pick. Wow. Elvis Gerbach. I think what we're getting based on this list, Josh, is is hopefully folks realize that in six weeks, when free agency starts in the NFL, you go back and you look at this list and you realize, do not pay people you know to come here. It doesn't work. Or players that don't have anything left. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Who could yeah. be in that you know category, but you're like, I think they're done with their old team. But right. right.
1: Again, if they're letting you but. go in the NFL, the odds are there's a reason why, right? Yeah. Jonathan Sanchez. That's a good one, too. Steve Breston.
2: Yeah. Or Breeston.
1: Breston. Breston. Depending on. Raul Mondesi Jr. every spring training through mid-March. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> oh, that's really good.
3: Oh, not the Bubba
1: Starling comment. Yeah, oh, Bubba. No. Yep, Bubba's in there as well. Darrell Revis, as we talked about. Chuck Knobloch was another good one. I was really excited for Chuck Knobloch and that was the days where I covered then the he Royals. Got the yips. And I was there every day out at Kauffman Stadium. I saw Chuck Knobloch once over the course of a 162 game season in person in the locker room. And that was only because, I don't know, was there something did something going on with Navy Perez where he had to address it? I don't remember what the hell it was. And they made Chuck Knobloch come out and address like one time in his entire year with the Royals. I saw that man in person once. Mm. Wally
2: Joyner? Wally Junior okay. He was okay, he? but the I mean, team wasn't it. Yeah, the team wasn't yeah. any good. But I thought he was all right, wasn't he? I don't yeah. know, I have to look at his royal stats. I I felt like I liked him. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was fine. When he was playing that, he was all right. Yeah, but the team wasn't any winning anything yeah. at all. Frank White's a good one.
2: <laughs> Dang, Terrell Suggs. Yeah, he really didn't give me anything.
1: You yeah.
2: got a ring didn't he
1: have like a player too like a couple y- you know like right? a so, real
2: yeah. like real i mean that that one was also no hurt but it was also like they signed him in like january right? that was no like, hurt. That was like yeah. just a few bucks you want to come in and try to get the quarterback once or twice or right. whatever and
1: do it for you todd haley coming in if you, you shouldn't have been excited about him you didn't know who he was until no the, i had no idea who him. he was yeah. no 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 idea you had no idea who that guy was no nope.
2: had no knowledge of the carolina offensive coordinator Right. don't even think I watched that Super Bowl Mm-mm. you mean Arizona <laughs> or Arizona what I say Carolina oh I'm I say Cardinals I yeah. guess I say Carolina said Cardinals that's all right um from the insanity department let's just get right to this okay uh Jeff Saturday on a former fir-
1: NFL head coach Jeff former
2: Saturday. NFL head coach on first take with uh-huh. uh with Stephen A Smith Brock Purdy and Joe Montana are used in the okay. same sentence all right.
1: Okay, wait for it. I think, it's a gr- I think it's a great game. Like, I'm super excited about it, and here's why. I, I hope, Ugh. a little part of me hopes that Purdy shuts everybody else up because you just said it, right? This whole Joe Montana nonsense. He ain't got to be Joe Montana, just be elite. Oh, by the way, he has been elite since he's became a starter. But no one wants to admit that. Everybody <laughs> wants to look about trajectory and not what the kid has honestly done. I love this game. Oh, hey, uh, uh, you uh, really? A couple of things. First of all. Purdy is not Jimmy Garoppolo. He is an upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. That's number one. excuse me, Brock Purdy. (laughs) Sorry. In beating the Lions, (laughs) beat all six NFC playoff teams. Thank you. All six, by the way, history, the only person who's done that, he's the first quarterback with that kind of conference playoff suite since Joe Montana in 1984 Say it louder you for like the back history, Steve Right I just gave you your history so Who was it again Joe Montana Okay so let's take that into consideration This goes back to the conversation I was telling you about earlier at the J with the guy who's not a huge sports fan and is like why do we give the quarterback all the credit for the Super Bowls right Why are we giving Brock Purdy all of the credit for winning these games like why are we doing this and and Brock Purdy is one of those guys who I'm not a believer in. I'm just not. I, I think eventually the uh the the pumpkin's going to turn back into a mouse or whatever it was in Cinderella. So I, I just think that Brock Purdy right now is a benefit of the system that he's in. I don't think he makes his team better. I think he's a great facilitator and uses the weapons that he I, has. I do. Too. I think he, I think he's great in the system. I think he does make plays. I think
2: he, he is getting a lot of criticism. You can't say them in the same sentence. He doesn't need to be Joe Montana. Just be elite.
1: <laughs> well, Joe Montana was elite. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, Joe Montana was in rarefied air because he was elite. He was the elite. Yeah. What's your category? How wide is your category then of elite?
1: Right. Right. What who who is considered elite? Because if you say don't be Joe Montana, just be elite, are you running down Joe Montana, or is your elite category way too way big? too wide? Way it too sounds big like to me. Yeah,
2: yeah. Again, it's semantics, but right. Your elite tier must be really, really wide. If you're like, yeah, I don't have to be Montana. Just get you know, Montana ish. Right. I don't Kinda <laughs> be thought, like Joe what? Montana, right? What? And then. He's the last guy to do the sense,
1: Joe Montana.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay great. But don't put him in that one. Don't, don't throw that
1: on. The guy him. has not won a Super Bowl or even played in a Super Bowl yet, right? And you're already comparing him to a gentleman who's won four and was one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. And I can speak on Joe Montana because I watched him play. Right, I'm old enough to say, yeah, I saw Joe Montana play. He was phenomenal. Like the the, the documentary on Joe Montana that we watched a couple of years ago on on, on Peacock was fantastic. Probably and, still there.
2: If those of you who didn't unsubscribe to Peacock, right, after paying that outrageous six dollars, right,
1: um, you probably still find it there. Right, you absolutely can go look at the Joe Montana documentary. And, and and I'll always remember the part where they talk about, you know, h- h- two minutes to go in the Super Bowl and they're down. He looks at the stands. He goes, "Ooh, John Candy's here. And they go out and they drive the length of the field and they win the Super Bowl. Like Joe Montana had a coolness about him that maybe only Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady kind of have. Right. And if you're a 49er fan right now and there's two minutes to go and you're down five in the Super Bowl and your team has the ball, Do you really want Brock Purdy as the guy? Do you think he can be the guy that can lead you down the field against this Chiefs defense? I don't know that he can. I think Brock Purdy, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous, he's just a system quarterback. But he's the perfect definition of the system quarterback because he's got a great wide receiver, he's got a very good tight end, and he's got an amazing running back that can do everything, right? And he just has to get them the football. He He's basically in charge of not screwing up the offense. And he goes out there and does a nice job of not screwing up the offense. I don't look at Brock Purdy as a guy that I'm putting all of the weight of my franchise on and saying, hey, go out there and win me a football game. I just don't buy into him right now. My perception can obviously be changed, but I look at it right now, I go, he's just a guy. And in a way, I... I I'm not rooting
2: against, I'm rooting for Brock Purdy, not to play well in this particular game, but it's like, just like almost like leave him alone. Right. Like let, let them just play, leave him alone Mm -hmm. because he's going to come out of this Super Bowl being shut down by the chiefs defense. Right. And it's still going to be about man. Brock Purdy doesn't have it. Right. Rather than this Chiefs defense has been freaking underrated all season long.
1: Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: They're going to come out of that game and like the Chiefs defense still
1: won't be getting its due because it's going to be about how Brock Purdy ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a great comparison on the text line, Josh. Brock Purdy is Trent Dilfer. And I think that's a fair comparison. You're a benefit of your surroundings, right? Trent Dilfer was a benefit of that defense, I right? I think you still have time to prove you're not, though. I mean... Oh, he's got plenty of time like, to prove that he's not. But so far, what we've seen, yeah, he, Russell yeah.
2: Wilson in Seattle his first few years was a product of the defense. Right. Everybody told you that. Yeah. And then... He turned out not, to be pretty not good. Not Bronco, not Bronco Russ, okay? Right. Seattle Russ. Turned out to be pretty good. Right. But at the beginning, it was all defense. Man, he's just writing defense and playmakers and whatever. He's got Marshawn and blah, 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 blah. Well, he was able to kind of break through that. And it, it almost like, is it an indictment? That you put a ton of good skill players around a unpaid rookie quarterback. That's what you're supposed to do, right? right. They're playing it. They're actually playing this right. They are they're playing this. Absolutely right. Now, if Purdy gets to the end of his thing and you find out he's not your pay quarterback. Mm-hmm. Fine. fine. Great and fine. But you're playing this right. Load up on other stuff because your quarterback's cheap. Right. Which is what you should do. It's a great move by them. Great blueprint. Yeah. And yes, did they stumble upon a guy because another one didn't, a first round pick wasn't any good and uh, a free agent wasn't up to snuff. Mm -hmm. I hated being like Jimmy Garoppolo defender for a while, but it's like, what more are you looking for? So he's now everything you want to have happen. And he's just being torn down. Like, I can't play, can't play. Well. I don't know. We'll 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 find out probably not this year, but probably in a few years. If right, he's still, you know, at the helm. And how does Stephen A. know that Brock Purdy is an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo? That, I don't and know that this is, is just definitive. Way too small. It's it it, it it is. It's Again, way too. I was, small. I was a little bit of a Garoppolo defender. There, like, what what more are you looking for? Right. Um, but everybody told you he wasn't it, and mm-hmm. obviously he hasn't been since then. But that he that he was. He was a guy that couldn't get you over the hump. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I guess. I guess, but yes. I, is
1: Brock Purdy that guy? I don't know. No. From the 9-1-3, I don't understand how it's Purdy's fault that the guys around him are good. Doesn't everyone want to have great players around yes. him? Absolutely. It's not yes. his fault at all. He's taking perfect advantage of it. Yeah. But I think if you put Brock Purdy, like just, swip, just switch Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes this year, are the Chiefs as good with Brock Purdy as their quarterback this year oh, than gosh, Patrick no. Mahomes? No. No. The Chiefs may not be a playoff team with Brock Purdy as the quarterback And then this you year. look
2: at that, and if they, they had Mahomes, I mean...
1: <laughs> oh, my God. If they, San Francisco had Mahomes, they wouldn't have lost a game. Yeah, yeah. I don't bite your tongue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> nothing 0 49ers every week. Yeah, it would
1: be. No, yeah. I mean... And it'd be legit. Yeah. It it'd would be, be legit. legit. They'd be housing yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. 610 Sports Radio,
2: KCSP, Kansas City, WDF HD2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station.
3: Ah, uh, Yes. A game that we have played many
1: a times with our friends. i played
2: high school football. Four touchdowns in one game. Who are you going to start? I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it,
1: but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. Who you
0: going to bench? Coach
1: would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. And who you going to cut? Sit
3: your $5 ass down before I make change. It's start, bench, cut on Pesco
1: in the morning. And it's brought to you by Jay's Southland Toe. Interesting, though, with, with Brock Purdy and the Jimmy, he's more Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion, than he is Joe Montana. I mean, let's yeah, just, yeah. let's let's I, check ourselves. That'd be more fair. Yeah. God this comparison to Joe like, like they just bypassed Steve young <laughs> well Steve he's young. more Steve young than he is Joe Montana did Steve,
2: did Steve young throw it right-handed um oh, and did, point, did Steve man. young beat all the playoff teams mm-hmm. the season or whatever whatever I hate being Purdy Defender now too yeah. I like I don't want to be I'm like I don't I don't know and, I don't and know, it, but I think he's under massive amount of scrutiny and then the Chiefs defense is going to shut him down and it won't be about the Chiefs defense. Imagine that if they didn't be. have
1: Brock Purdy, though, and, and you know, they had Trey, uh, was it Trey Lance that they drafted out there, yeah. right? Yeah. Nobody's criticizing them for the Trey Lance decision. They traded a lot to go up and get Trey Lance. Yeah. and They failed on that yeah. miserably. Yeah. They got lucky. Hey, sometimes the Patriots get lucky, too, with Tom Brady, right? right correct. The Chiefs did not get lucky with Patrick Mahomes. No, They've they, they, done their homework for years on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Tom Brady was a luck pick, and so was Brock Purdy. Yep. The only quarterback that somebody worked to get was the Chiefs with and Patrick you, Mahomes. And Look and
2: at what happened. Also shouldn't be faulted for that working out. You take nope. the criticism for the, again, the free agent that didn't work and the draft pick that didn't work. Right. But you do get credit for the – uh for the – uh End of the uh, draft guy you yeah. did draft.
4: So.
2: Yeah. A little start bench cut today. Justin Tucker,
1: Robinson Cano, <laughs> or Brett Laurie. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to start Robinson Cano because he didn't pick Billy Butler, but he wasn't a douche. The other two are D-bags. I'm going to cut Brett Laurie, and I'm going to bench Justin Tucker. Mm, okay. Okay.
2: I just went on just hate alone. Okay. So right now it's just fresh. So I'm starting Justin Tucker. Oh. <laughs> I'm benching Robinson Cano because I will it, you'll forever boo Cano. Boo Cano is just uh, it'll just be forever a thing. You could just tell somebody in 30 years of our of our age group right and say Boo Cano and they'll know exactly what you're talking about. And then uh, I will I will cut Brett Laurie. So I went from hate to always hate to eh yeah
1: All right.
2: bad guy but you know or bad villain I mean Herrera oh. did throw at the gentleman's head yeah I feel like I feel like they got taken care of yeah
1: <laughs> start bench cut Romo Brady or Olsen well I'm going to start Olsen I'm going to bench Brady cuz I don't know and I'm going to cut Tony Romo even though I thought he was pretty good in the AFC Championship game I'm just I'm I'm going to be interested to see if he prepares for the Super Bowl. And just instead of saying, look out, Jim, what do you think? Mahomes is one of the best. You think Patrick Mahomes has got a dad bod like you, Jim? He's one of the best in the NFL.
2: I'm going to start Olsen as well. I, I'm intrigued to see if he stays as like the two or... He's allowed to go explore options, and somebody else he moves to another crew and does whatever. So I'm starting him. I'm actually going to bench Romo, and I am cutting Brady. I don't even think he needs to do this.
1: Well, for 375 million dollars, well, you need to 5 do 375 million Josh. reasons
2: why he should. But he could afford a Super Bowl ticket. Like, yeah, he could. I don't know that he needs to be in the booth every week. Just do others. Just heck, just do the podcast. Just do the podcast and yeah. and and. Do some other video work and whatever, and do your analysis that way, and not have yeah. to go to a game.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, and I, then you don't get overexposed because eventually people will hate Tom Brady. Yeah, I, will, I would just if I were Tom Brady, I just cut myself. Like I don't need the money. I mean, and I think the fine. only broadcaster, quite honestly, that not everybody hated was John Madden.
2: Uh, I don't say hated, but I think there were people annoyed with it. With John? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I never heard any of yeah, that. Yeah, it was just uh. too. It was just you know, it was too, he was too out there. Oh, not on point enough. He didn't do the sports. He didn't do the sports. Oh, I see. I I don't. I I I guess I I think there's a little bit of that. Really? A little bit
1: of that. Oh, see. No, John Madden's the best. Uh, Start
2: bench cut based on the uh, the show earlier today. Eight tracks, CDs or cassettes.
1: Well, I'm going to start cassettes. I'm going to cut uh, CDs and I'm going to bench the eight track. The eight track was useless. That was like a waste of everybody's time. It lasted for a hot minute and really, yeah. I mean, was awful. Yeah, yeah. Which one did you start? CDs? Started uh, cassettes. Okay, I was going to say, I'm starting cassettes as well. They were better. They were. They didn't scratch. Yeah. And if they got, like, messed up, I you mean, used a pencil and rolled it back right. in. I mean, every once in a while, one might
2: get eaten in your car stereo. Right. But I liked them better than CDs. Mm-hmm. I did. So, because I'll start cassettes, bench CDs, and I didn't, I I wasn't even old enough to really experience the 8-Tracks. Yeah. Like, wasn't part of our... Part of our deal, uh, I don't know if you saw this. Well, you did because I made sure you saw it, but mm-hmm. uh, Michael McDonald was hired as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, right?
1: Bringing that era to grunge, which right. is great. And, and that was a great tweet by you yesterday with the um, you know, Michael McDonald is now going into grunge and cut no run i like i had a quote tweet I go, this is a great tweet i thought it was really good every once in a while you send one out you're like ah, ha, ha,
2: i got one here yeah a michael McDon- mcdonald joke everyone's gonna be on this one And it was like yeah. all right so anyway
1: so uh i even tagged janae in it she goes oh i've already seen this this is a good start, tweet start bench cut what a fool <laughs> believes china grover it keeps you running i'm gonna start china grove Google, I'm going, Google them, kids. I'm going to bench what a fool believes, and I'm going to cut it keeps you running. I mean, it's just so sad these days because Michael
2: McDonald will have to pass before you'll appreciate his uh, his music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how it works these days. So... What um, a fool believes. I'm starting China Grove, and... Uh, I really did like it. I'm going to bench. It keeps you running. I'm going to cut what a fool believes. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. Why are you keeping it keeps you running? Because it reminds you of Forrest Gump. It keeps you running. Yeah. Yeah. It just was catchy. I don't know. Right. Not
2: that what a fool believes wasn't. I mean, this is. I mean, you start.
1: I didn't realize he was part of
2: Steely Dan. This is like dissecting your, you know, whatever. This is the. Did you know
1: that? since like 2012. He's been part of like a Steely Dan band. The Steely Dan man, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. Touring. Like, yeah. They're definitely touring. Touring. And touring. then he had his own where he sang duets with Patti LaBelle. Oh,
2: of course. Of
1: course. Have you watched the um documentary yet? It just came out on Netflix this so week. No, Probably not. On on uh We Are The World? No. Oh my god, I'm Josh. In. Yeah, it is fantastic. Isaac, you watched that yet or not? No, you don't even know what We Are the World I, is, no, right? No. Yeah, okay, no, when I, I'm right.
2: going to ask because I don't know. Isaac, how old are you? Any guesses? Bob, Josh? 28. Mm,
1: no guesses. I'm terrible. I'm going to guess 28.
2: Anything, Josh? 25. Pretty close.
1: Oh, okay. Years. So you're, you're young. Yeah. Okay. So you have no idea what We Are the World is. Not a clue. Ask your parents. Ask your parents, um, yeah. <laughs> or actually just Google it and play Google the song it. for yeah, us right yeah, now yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's fantastic. So... So my friend Evan texts me, he goes, You gotta watch this documentary. I go, I was gonna watch it anyway. You said it, I'll put it on now. It's 90 minutes, not a long, not a hard watch. Mm-hmm. And it was basically how they assembled this entire cast to do this song. And they had one day available where they know that they could get everybody because it was the day, it was the it was immediately after that night of the American Music Awards, which used to be a pretty big deal, right? And so they knew everybody for the most part who was anybody in music was going to be in LA mm-hmm. that night mm-hmm. and so they enlisted Lionel Richie <laughs> of all people he was the guy in charge of getting basically everybody there and that's the i mean that's the thing you got to do you got to find the linchpin but Lionel Lionel's like I don't know why they're picking me I'm very new in the business right but he knew uh, Quincy Jones and he was friends with Michael Jackson and he was friends with um, Stevie Wonder. And so between like the four of them, the, everybody was able just to call in favors. And Lionel Richie happened to be hosting the American Music Awards that year. And so he was like rounding people up backstage. And they didn't know who was going to show up or be part of this thing. And all of a sudden, like they showed the B-roll. They didn't give anybody the address and how to stay a secret. But they had like two cameramen there that were filming everything to, you know, to kind of get a record of it. And every single car that was showing up was star after star after celebrity after celebrity. Like it was it and was then amazing. Cindy I'm
2: kidding. Right. I'm joking. Was, Cindy, I'm just yeah. kidding. Right.
1: But but she at the at the American Music Awards, she goes, My boyfriend doesn't want me to participate in this. And Lionel Richie's like, um, you're gonna have no choice. You have to participate in this. And so she ended up showing up, and then Bruce Springsteen who was playing the final leg of his show in Buffalo, was almost snowed in in Buffalo, but still was able to get out and get there for this. I I can't tell you how many superstars, Josh, just showed up and everybody did it for free. Not one person made a dollar off this because they interviewed the cameraman. He goes, who do I send the invoice to? They go, invoice? (laughs) You did this for free, pal. And they started like 10 o'clock at night and went to like... It was Six done. in the morning. It was done, and there, you know, e- you you know how egos are, and you know people are, you know, starting to get tired, <laughs> fighting with each other, and things like that. Then somebody farts, and everybody laughs, and they completed the song.
4: Hmm.
2: All right, I'm going to ask you the question. You said it was on Netflix. Yeah, how many parts and how many? How many?
1: It's 90 minutes. I said. Okay, just one. It's a quick minutes. 90 minute watch. So It's
2: not a like four 90 minute
1: ones. No, okay. I'm not on that. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, because Netflix drives me insane. I can't do. I can't do that. I don't need the four parter. Yeah, you can do in one. But
1: part. I mean, it, it's tremendous how you couldn't do anything like that today. There's just no way. You think you're going to get like those young whippersnappers won't collaborate like they they used to? I mean, they, they basically wrote it and did it all on the fly. It's it was incredible, and it raised and still raising money today. Raised eighty million dollars back then, mm-hmm. which is one hundred and sixty million dollars now, which in Frank Buck's turn is five billion dollars. The musical dream team. More than that. I mean, more than that. God. And then you realize, like, first of all, I'll say this because this is the one that like I questioned. Why was Dan Aykroyd in this? Why not? But why? Like Dan Aykroyd was he's he a, a singer? It's a blues brother. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Like, that was the only one I looked at and He's a blues brother. Why are you here? Why wouldn't you have a blues brother there?
2: <laughs> Cause I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was really a singer. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Went on to sing a lot. We will chat with Nate Taylor of The Athletic coming up for our weekly visit at 825. Our 610 Sports Radio uh, Chiefs Contributor and we thought ticket prices were expensive. We'll get to this next.
4: Fesco in the Morning. Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at rainerkc.com. The voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtus, joins Bob and Josh every Friday at 730. Right here on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
1: I don't know if Stevie Wonder's blind, though. Like, I'm looking at this, like, and it's just a weird interaction with people, you know? I mean, is it, is it quite the mic stand falling over and he grabs no, it? No, not that. Not but, to mention, I... But, like, he knew who everybody was. I
2: do associate this one a little bit with because I think they did a Saturday Night Live bit. They did. Of it yeah. that was, you know... I don't know if it was... Was it Eddie? Was it then? No? I don't know. I don't know. Because Eddie did uh, Stevie Wonder, a great Stevie Wonder impression, of course, Eddie Murphy. So. Yeah.
1: All Such a can, great song. Picture is the is, the, is the, the Saturday Night Live version. So here, Bob Dylan. Yeah. The, the story about Bob Dylan is interesting, too. Like, he didn't understand what really was going on. Like, and how, how he should sing or act. Am I supposed well, to be Bob Dylan? Am yes. I supposed to blend in? No, and you're supposed to be Bob Dylan. They ultimately wanted everybody to be themselves in this thing. And then, then yeah. you got the great Bruce Springsteen. Kim Carnes uh trio with Cindy Lauper was I mean just to watch it all come together with all these musicians just gives you the goosebumps. Man, I take ninety minutes out of your day at work and watch it today. I think it's called Greatest Night in
2: Pop. I Something like that, yeah. Um we were discussing uh the the cost of the uh Super Bowl tickets mm-hmm. earlier in the show. Yeah. You can get in right now for about eighty four hundred dollars. Yeah, if and, you uh, got that. Sit, that's just for you. And just sit way up there and stuff, but eighty four hundred. I'm not not mistaken there. Um, Meanwhile, speaking of bleep you money. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody bought a Patrick Mahomes game-worn jersey for $213,000. Mm-hmm. How about you? I but you have trouble with the two hundred fifty dollars jersey, yeah. <laughs> let alone the two hundred fifteen thousand dollars jersey. God, it's no,
1: don't! It wasn't two fifteen. You're exaggerating. It was only two thirteen point five.
2: I'm sorry. Good God, hyperbolic, Josh. Thirty-two bids for this jersey. It's game five of last year. The most expensive Mahomes jersey ever sold at auction thus thus far. Thus far, right? It's got. You know, grass
1: stains and mm-hmm. whatever in it, but again, what kind of job do you have where you can just drop two hundred thirteen point five thousand dollars on a jersey?
2: At least with that one, you know it. I mean, you are hoping the value goes up. All well, two hundred thirteen thousand dollars, I'd be really worried. Yeah, right. But at least you have it, mm-hmm. rather than just a memory, right? <laughs> so at least you you tangibly have a a piece of history, that could conceivably go up in value. But
1: it was $213,000 for that piece of history. Correct. I mean, that's a lot of cash for that. I mean, it's crazy. Frank White values it at $4 million, by the way, for the scoring at home. <laughs> if you were to buy it from Frank. Yeah. I think um, that's a $4 million jersey. Weighing, uh, oh, I mean $4,000 jersey? Be,
2: you know, weighing, weighing his options right. for a better deal.
1: Yeah, Three-eighths of that I'll give you. Um, Again, two—I don't know
2: what—I haven't looked at what the new Jersey's going for with all the patches. You know, right for this, for this, probably about two hundred fifty bucks, right? More than maybe, that. yeah, maybe more than
1: that. But even that, I'm gonna be like, Ugh. yeah. Again, what are these jobs that are enabling you to buy this kind of stuff? Yeah. Oh God, I wish I had one of those jobs. Yeah, two hundred thirteen thousand dollars, and it wasn't a charitable auction, so it's not like you can write this thing off. This was like Sotheby's or something like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. This wasn't the BMA Foundation. This was was Auction House.
1: Yeah. 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 So it's not a write-off. You didn't donate to charity on this one. No, this was straight
2: (laughs) adding it to my collection. Yeah. I had some BMWs in the garage, but now I've
1: added this Mahomes jersey. Mm -hmm. Do you think he only wears one jersey per game now, or do you think there's multiple so they can turn around and sell? And I'm being serious about that question.
2: Like a baseball authentication well, you, you, thing you know, where you yeah. take the one jersey off and you put another one on. Yeah, and, at
1: halftime you switch jerseys yeah. or something like that yeah. and you authenticate these things. I mean, baseball takes the ball out after every yeah. pitch and sells yeah. them. Yeah.
2: I can get you can get one for one fifty right now. Okay. Hundred and fifty thousand? No, hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, for the jersey with yeah. the patches? Oh, that's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. With the Super Bowl patch and uh right. you know the uh AFC patch. hmm. It's not bad. Better than two hundred and thirteen thousand dollars. i will go I'll get you a grass stain for free. And how come they never sell
1: pants? Like you can never buy somebody's like get, like have you ever seen anybody auction off somebody's pants? Like the Broxton, Jonathan Broxton pants. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to buy those? Who wouldn't want those in a case in, in your room, right? You can put your kids in it. Like a blanket. Yeah. Like we we don't do that. We don't do we
2: don't do pants. Yeah, the jersey's a little pricey for me at two hundred thirteen five. Got a set of pants over there, I could... guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do. Eight thousand dollars for his pants. Okay, All I'll right. take
2: that instead. Sweat stains and all. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't say 15 and Mahomes on it, but I'm sure I can get it authenticated.
1: Do you not think it's got like a 15 and Sharpie written I in there? A, I would right? expect it to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
2: 15 with a Sharpie. That's authenticated for
1: me. Yeah. Eight, or, eight grand. Sure. Or socks. Like, why don't we sell like Mahomes' socks or yeah. chin strap? Head, just start. Pe- headband. You know, like when you used to buy baseball cards, and they used to have a piece of a jersey in it or something mm-hmm. like that. Start doing that with all the Mahomes stuff. Yeah. Like the cracked helmet. Sell pieces of that crack. I got a piece of the Berlin Wall. I'd love to have a piece of the Mahomes cracked helmet. Yeah. I got or, a Civil War
2: bullet piece of Mahomes helmet. Or just the cracked helmet, and then you put your phone in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can make your own football yeah, phone. Football out of it. phone. I think it'd be great. Yeah, or or his cleat or something like that. Shoelaces. Right, we got the opportunities, marketing opportunities for everyone over there mm-hmm. at Arrowhead. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're listening. The guy who bought. <laughs>
1: He knows everything that Bo doesn't know. There's so much in my head. And just like the Tribe, he breaks down all the Chiefs scenarios. This
3: is such a great question, Josh, because I haven't been able to watch a single (laughs) ounce of tape about the
1: Lions. He's our Chiefs insider from The Athletic, the one and only Nate Taylor. And also from the text line, which is pretty good, the guy who bought the Mahomes jersey will probably just use it as a napkin to wipe off his gray coupon. I I do like that. I would think. And then the 816, this is a brilliant text. You can go home for the day. Uh, How much do you think Josh McDaniels can get from Tom Brady's (laughs) jock? still got it. He can still still sell that one. How about an NFL world this year where there's going to be no Matt Patricia, oh, no Bill Belichick uh-huh. and no Josh McDaniels. Oh, so sad. Yeah, Patricia and Belichick or Patricia and McDaniels do not deserve to be there anymore. Nate Taylor joins us here on 610 Sports Radio. How you doing,
3: Nate? Oh, what's up fellas? I'm doing well, doing well.
1: Good. I guess I have to watch
3: this uh, this documentary you guys are talking about. Oh, so. it's great,
1: man! It is great. What did yeah. you say it was called? Josh? the Greatest Night in Pop greatest or something? Greatest Night in Pop. Yeah, anyway. it, it, it okay. is. It is fantastic. Ninety minutes, you'll be fine with it. Before we delve into the Chiefs, your company, if you will, your your publication, did an unbelievable expose on the Jets. Oh, how are, how are those Oof. people still employed with the Jets? If I was Woody Johnson, <laughs> I would have fired everybody in that building after that thing, including Aaron Rodgers. He's a loser.
3: Um. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's a it's a wonderful uh, story, and I and I really mean that for our listeners to go check it out on the Athletic. Um, you know, obviously Dinah Rossini knows a ton of people in the league. Uh, obviously, she knows Aaron Rodgers uh, really since he's been um, a young player in the league. So it's fascinating to know that, like the Jets. I mean, this story clearly explains in a lot of details how much, say, Aaron Rodgers has, and the fact that he was supposed to be the you know, the guiding force to turn things around. But with his injury, um, it just created, like, chaos. And, you know, people are still fighting for their jobs. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to take a cumulative effect as to what it means for Robert Sala to keep this thing afloat, let alone, like, try to make the playoffs next year with, obviously, a quarterback aging towards 40, coming off an Achilles injury. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of people who talk because uh, a lot of people want to get their side of the story. Um, which is always good for a journalist if you can corroborate it. But with everything that uh, the Chiefs and even like the 49ers, with all the planning, the strategic strategy, the the ability to pivot, um, it does explain to you that there's a wide gap between the real contenders in the NFL and teams who are trying to convince themselves that they can go from pretender to contender in a very short amount of time when NFL history suggests that that's, that's just not really doable mm-hmm. unless you have like a great draft or someone like Tom Brady, uh, who's coming to a roster that's pretty already, you know, good with depth like Tampa Bay a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers has got to do like a mission impossible like task um, because this story sort of the story sort of suggests that like he can get everybody fired. And, but he could also save everybody's job if he has a great year
1: next year. Which I think is ridiculous that you would allow one player to de- to determine what's going on in your organization, yeah. you know?
3: Yes, especially when they're not in their prime and they're not, you know, like, did Aaron Rodgers really want Robert Sala? Uh, uh-huh. I mean, okay. I mean, Robert Sala is pretty much like at the wheel of Aaron Rodgers. And that's the that's detail because, of course, Nathaniel Hackett's in the middle of all this and um, we've come to learn that, you know, he might not be the greatest offensive coordinator for as many criticisms as you could have of Matt Nagy. At least he's never been Nathaniel Hackett when it comes to the last couple of years. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's not great, but uh, it'd be one thing if you were as diligent and as meticulous and maniacal about winning like Tom Brady. Uh, that is not Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, hey, man, can you... You get it to the playoffs, and you know, hopefully things can go uh, a certain direction next year. But I think that's going to be hard to do, um, just because you know, they're not going to change the turf on the field.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, and how could you it's really trust anything that Aaron Rodgers says, though, Nate? I mean, like, he, he called Nate Hackett this great coach and all this kind of stuff. We're seeing Nate Hackett is not a great coach. He probably shouldn't be an NFL coach anymore because he's been so overexposed. So is Aaron Rodgers telling you what's legitimately right and true, or is he just trying to keep oh, his friends what employed? Works, what works for him. Yeah. I mean,
2: Nathaniel Hackett could be a tremendous... Flop except for him, works for you. Like we're seeing that with the Patriots, right? To yeah. a certain extent, like it worked for them. Might not work for anybody else, yeah. but it works for them.
3: Oh. Right. I mean, at least Josh McDaniels has like you know, for all of his criticisms, because uh, I just don't think he's a good like CEO leader, um, you know, at least that's what, you know, players have sort of said about him. Like, I think X and O's he's pretty actually I think he's pretty competent. Um, you know, and obviously you know, whether you want to say, hey, you know, Bill, Bill O'Brien, like they all still learn from Belichick. And so they kind of learn, uh, I would say, in a backwards manner. They learn, you know, the defense and how to sort of uh, counterattack with offense versus offense then going to defense. But, look, for, for Hackett, I mean, he's been obviously the son of Paul Hackett, who was a very successful offensive coordinator in the NFL. For whatever reason, though, um, with a player of that talent, you can get sort of allured into giving him – probably more keys to the to the car than than anybody else right i mean even for the brilliance of patrick mahomes there's still a collaborative effort between him andy Reid, you know travis kelsey obviously matt nagy it used to be eric the enemy um they they are a true you know foursome fivesome in terms of figuring out what's the best path towards winning what you're learning with nathaniel hackett is is that like yeah he might have concepts but aaron Rodgers can ultimately decide to do whatever he wants to do. And that sort of undercuts the coaching staff and therefore um, puts the coaching staff at his will. So it's not, it's not what you would want. Um, and again, it's one thing if you're Tom Brady, it's another thing when you're Aaron Rodgers and kind of to your point, Bob, um, he could say anything. He can change anything. You know, his tendencies have not been um, awesome. If you look at his playoff performances over the last few years, he's kind of like, I still remember them losing to the 49ers when they shouldn't have uh, just because he wouldn't throw the ball to anybody other than Devontae Adams. And when the defense knows that, I don't care what coach tells you what to do. Like, it's just not going to, you're just not going to be as successful as you should be. So um, the fact that they traded for him did legitimize them, but they kind of want to be with the Chiefs are, right? A young defense that is like really, really good and really, really dominant their defense wasn't as good as they anticipated, even with Aaron Rodgers going down. So um, they were trying to kind of reverse engineer all this, but at the same time, um, man, things, things really changed quickly in the NFL. And so Aaron Rodgers may go from, you know, back-to-back MVP player to a guy who's obviously compromised athletically. And does he have the mental strength to sort of overcome that? Because we're seeing that with Russell Wilson. We saw that with Drew Brees, like, when, you're, when your body starts to deteriorate and none of those guys had Achilles injuries, um, it's going to be difficult to, to stay at the level where you can really lead a team um, to a Super Bowl or even to a conference championship game. You need the team around you to sort of lift you, similar to what Peyton Manning went through with the Denver Broncos in 2015. Again,
2: we're living in rarefied air here too, but you mentioned the dynamic between Andy Reid and, and, and Patrick Mahomes and Patrick having input and doing whatever. There's still like a clear line of delineation. Like if they ever... Basically, hand over the coaching reins, Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be a mistake here too. You know what I mean? Like, like he, you can't have your quarterback be the boss, and that's what's not like what's going on in New York. You want a collaborative quarterback. You want to enhance their skill set, but you got to make sure that you're the one calling the shots, right? I mean, it seems blatantly obvious. They've they turned over way too much to him.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, for the most part, that's the way it should go, right? You are the player. I am the coach, you know, we're supervising you. We love your insight. We love you telling us what you're seeing on the field or what tendencies you think we can sort of anticipate from the defense. But ultimately, as Andy Reid says, and I think this is a very, you know, good job of how he sort of communicates it, even though I don't totally believe it. But Andy Reid says, hey, look, I always have 51% of the vote. Honestly, coach, it's more like 65, but whatever. Um, But, yeah, but, you know, there's a clear, like, chain of command. But within that, Andy Reid is a player's coach because he does let players, you know, come up with new play concepts, Mm -hmm. come up with trick plays. He allows them to sort of say, hey, I would like this versus that. You know, if you give me a menu, uh, then, yeah, the player does have some ownership, even though you're presenting them maybe four or five options for the next series or the next game.
1: Talk with Nate Taylor. Oh, go ahead, Nate. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I said I
3: would think the only quarterbacks in modern NFL history who've gotten away with doing it kind of their way is Peyton Manning, because he had a Hall of Fame coach in Tony Dungy who was just like, cool, you and Tom Moore, you're the offense. I will handle the defense. You know, I'll oversee, obviously, challenges and, like, you know, big decisions on fourth down and stuff. But, like, Peyton Manning had a cerebral mind to where he could do that, but would still, like, not get in trouble because of it. And, again, I think towards the end of his career, because he learned so much from Bill Belichick about what it takes to be a team, what it takes to lead guys, to obviously find – The right pieces and try to grow them along a course of a season. I I think the only other, you know, example you could give is Tom Brady. Again, are you willing to dedicate to not eating strawberries? Uh, Aaron Rodgers ain't doing that, guys. Are you dedicated to maximizing your biological clock, even though the chronological clock says you're 40? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, my guy's doing, you know, illicit drugs. <laughs> we <are. laughs> so, so we shouldn't probably give you the keys to it. But if you're Tom Brady and you have a year, you've had a litany of success, then okay, you've earned it. And you prove year after year after year how dedicated you are to the sport and to your teammates. Um, those are the only two guys I can think of that I would say, okay, I'm actually comfortable with Todd Bowles or Bruce Arians giving less power than than the average NFL coach would just because, man, they have such a quarterback who's dialed in, you know, and is really, really smart about how they think the team should be managed because they know what they've been through because they've had 20 years of experience.
1: Nate Taylor, The Athletic, with us here on 610 Sports Radio. All right, let's talk a little Drew Tranquil. How good was that guy spying on Lamar last week? I thought he was great.
3: Unbelievable. You know, know, I've talked to a couple people um, around the league just about like, hey – it's one thing to have Chris Jones, right? And Nick Bolton is super-duper talented. Obviously, if he tackles you, you usually go down. But I just thought Drew Tranquil was everything for in terms of filling running lanes, in terms of taking on blockers and sort of moving them backwards, which, again, is kind of um, like marvelous to see, honestly. You don't normally see an offensive lineman for the Baltimore Ravens get to the point of attack and go backwards, especially on, on the rare running plays that they did have. And, of course, um, I, I've said this, and I would encourage everyone to go look it back. Um, you know, there's the All-22 now, so you don't just have to do the broadcast version. But Justin Reed makes an amazing play. And this is where teamwork truly does matter and why the Chiefs, you know, could potentially be Super Bowl 58 champions. Justin Reed comes off a of blitz. He does the perfect thing. He waits for the arm to go up. Then he jumps to the passing lane. That's the ball that we think is going to go down. Or just relocates the ball and says, oh, I'm going to catch it. Wow, I'm going to get a pass breakup and an interception. And then Lamar Jackson uh, reaches top speed in like two seconds. It's stunning. Catches his own pass, fellas. And there's nothing but green grass. And Drew Tranquil makes a diving shoelace tackle that, in my opinion, prevents a touchdown. Because what, what you see the secondary guys doing is they're all sort of matching their receivers in man-to-man covers. So their eyes are not on Lamar Jackson. So they would have realized Lamar had the ball and running at full speed um, kind of in a compromised position, whether it was their angles or their ability to just sort of catch up to him. The fact that Drew Tranquil sees this and lays all out and prevents a touchdown is just, again, it, it's a marvelous type of play. And Drew Tranquil is not making $5 million, guys. He's making like three and a half, four million $4 on a one-year deal. Um, it's one of the best signings in Brett Veach's tenure. Um, and the fact that he can play this well with Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, who I think Willie Gay um, is trending towards playing, obviously, next Sunday, uh, it just gives them a great chance to combat Christian McCaffrey, obviously the best running back in the league. But what Drew Tranquil did against Lamar Jackson was just utterly brilliant.
2: Nate, I know I've been asked this. You've probably been asked this, like, man, how did Kelsey turn this thing on?
3: Um, it is an ability to rise to the occasion, and I think the coaching staff did a fantastic job of putting him in positions to still succeed in one-on-one opportunities. And so one of the best things about football is hey, we know we have our best guy. We know their best guy is going to be on our best guy. And so Kyle Hamilton is probably one of the best safeties in the league. And the Chiefs use that against the Ravens. Again, Matt Nagy and, and Andy Reid deserve a lot of credit because in the first quarter of the game, the Ravens are very much like, we are putting him on you and we he is going to eliminate you. And the Chiefs say, oh, great. Well, um, because Kelsey's bigger and he still has an elite run, you know, route running ability, Um, and our quarterback is the best quarterback on earth, uh, we're going to prove to you he can't guard you. And whether it's the scramble drill, whether it's the fourth and two play where it's a sprint out to the right, um, it's just a little bit of a hesitation at the line of scrimmage, and then Kelsey immediately sprints to the spot. Um, What we've all learned, I guess, fellas, is this is as healthy as Travis Kelsey has been all season. And again, that's terrifying for the Bills, for the Ravens, for potentially the 49ers because, yeah, he dealt with the knee injury. He dealt with the ankle injury. He wisely took that week off in week 18 to get fully healthy as physically as as much as possible. Um, and now he can still demonstrate that he can win one-on-one matches the, the windows are tighter but, yeah, he caught all 11 passes on 11 targets. So, I think what the Chiefs did was psychologically, we just took out their best pass defender and now we can dictate everything off of that. So again, when you know how Hamilton's gonna be on Travis Kelsey on third and nine, well guess what? <laughs> we're gonna have him chip block. And we're just gonna remove your best coverage person from the point of the play that ends your season, basically. And obviously MVS makes the you know, the great catch on the D pass. So I loved how they used Kelsey in the first half to sort of dictate things. And then everything else was sort of built off of that. And Hey, if we need a first down, guess what? We're going to do a nice little rub route with Justin Watson and guess who's open Travis Kelsey, or okay. Now that we've demonstrated that we're going to use Kelsey against you to open up things for Rasheed Rice or Marquez Valdez-Scanlon. So he's healthy and he still has the experience and the route running ability uh, to just about beat everybody. And guess what guys, there is no Cal Hamilton in the secondary for the San Francisco 49ers. So I don't know how in the hell they're going to guard him if he's healthy and he's only getting better throughout the course of the postseason, which is the opposite of how things are supposed to go. It's supposed to get more difficult. Instead, he's actually played better every game throughout the postseason so far.
2: 35 nothing, Chiefs. Let's go. That's right. Nate got me excited. Pace yourself and be thankful you don't cover the Jets.
3: Oh, I, I'm I'm so thankful. Thank you, Lord. Uh-
2: <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, Nate. All right, thanks, Nate. Nate, Nate Taylor of The Athletic joining us, our 610 Sports Radio uh, Chiefs Contributor. And, yeah, read Nate's stuff all the time, but, you know, while you're there, like, just go check out that. Go check out the Jets, Jets Exposé. Living on the other half oh, is God. so much better, so much better. Your chance to get qualified. To win a $500 dollars hy gift card, that's coming up at eight fifty, dollars And the Chiefs will be squaring off against the former mate. We'll get to that next.
4: Fesco in the morning.
1: If anybody is an eyewitness to the Karen off at 71st and Tomahawk this morning, let us know.
4: Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com.